2: We're back for Hour 2 at 6.05, a good-looking Harley sort of Saturday night, 82 degrees in Aurora, 85 degrees over there in Hell, otherwise known as Denver in Decay. And man, oh man, is it getting bad. Just unbelievable. Very timely call from from Brian in Arvada just before the top of the hour. I'll set that up in just a second. But make sure you stick around for the 7 o'clock hour because... I was out for dinner with my uh, dear friend, Congressman, former Congressman Tom Tancredo, the first person to pay attention to the southern border with any significance. And um, we got into a conversation which included talking about his grandson, who just graduated from Hillsdale College, playing baseball, met his future bride there, engaged now. Really cool story. And Tom, and of course, we're big fans of Hillsdale. Who isn't? But he is very disappointed that even at Hillsdale College, his grandson did not coming did not come out of there knowing about one of the most significant historic figures. And uh, so I said, well. Tom, we need to educate folks. Uh, I knew we we had a good conversation about this person. You'll have to stick around at seven o'clock to find out who it is, because Tom's coming in studio and uh, we're going to do a little teaching on things that people, Americans, humans, white people should be proud of in our history. Something that, in fact, we're going to he and I are going to get on a concerted effort to get a hold of Larry Arn and find out why this person is not part of the general curriculum. Should be a very interesting hour, but really looking forward to this next conversation. Jim Paff has been, uh, in man, decades now, three decades, I think, grassroots in the Colorado State House, in Congress as a chief of staff, has run for office, uh, started Grassroots Radio Colorado over at another station where I first got my feet wet as a guest and then a fill-in host uh, dabbling in talk radio and uh, super smart. And man, he was ticked off last night and it all started with this. The men and women undertaking this investigation are public servants
3: who have dedicated their careers to protecting the citizens of this country. The appointment of Mr. Weiss reinforces for the American people the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters. I am confident that Mr. Weiss will carry out his responsibility in an even-handed and urgent manner, and in accordance with the highest traditions of this department.
2: Thank you. Of course,
4: that's...
3: Oh
2: yeah, no questions. I'll read the teleprompter, I'll turn and walk away. That was never to be United States Supreme Court Justice Merrick Garland, and i was not in this twitter space last night but i saw a message about it today and there were hundreds of people in there and i'm sure our next guest jim faff was very very pleased with uh, this appointment of this special prosecutor yes jim
0: oh i
4: could i could not be more angry me, by the <laughs> way <laughs> unbelievable um, it, listen randy here's here's the problem that we got and yeah i did start sending out messages just before I did the space. I've been involved with Twitter spaces, now X spaces. Very much appreciate what Elon's done, but uh, for some time now. And I have uh, never been so urgent in my mind to pull up a Twitter space, get people talking. I have people on both sides talking about it. But what pisses me off is that every appropriate methodology for picking a special counsel has been entirely ignored. All this does is just add another really big layer to the game that's being played in Washington, D.C., that's going out after Donald Trump with everything that they have, and yet entirely ignoring those who are actually uh, uh, undertaking criminal behavior in our political sphere. it's, It's an outrage.
2: Well, in my opening monologue, I referred to it as a PSYOP. This is just another game that's being played. Now CBS, NBC, ABC, PBS, MSLSD, Clinton News Network can all report that, you know, this is being taken very seriously because now a special counsel has been appointed. Uh, Garland violated the rules of special counsels and independent counsels, but there's no penalty for him because there's no way to hold him accountable for those violations. Special counsel shouldn't be someone who was an earlier counsel who allowed statutes of limitation to expire, has been investigating this for four years and really has just been slow walking it. I think the whole point of doing this was so that when Congress tries to subpoena Hunter Biden, or especially tries to subpoena back the whistleblowers or others from inside the deep state, the Department of Justice, that they can say, oh, ongoing investigation. Oh, I'm being investigated. I have a right to remain silent.
4: Yeah, listen, this is this resets the clock, so to speak. It doesn't turn it all the way back, but it yeah. turns it back far enough to just make the time, the political timing work. And that's at, at the core of it. That's all that's going on in these major legal issues, both related to Donald Trump and related to Joe Biden. It's all about this insane desire by Democrats to uh, take out Donald Trump because they have invested six years of their lives trying to make him out to be the crookedest man who's ever attempted to run for president. Listen, I'm, I'm all for the regular political battles. I have uh, my set of principles that I'm fighting for every single day and then I know that Democrats have different principles and and, and if we if this if that's all that we were doing here then that would be one thing. And we got to learn to fight that our battles and win them well. But this uh, amongst is, is actually the end of, of decades of efforts by Democrats to undermine our political system so that they can advance agenda that is beyond the Constitution. There have been Republicans, by the way, who have played into that game as well. But it is particularly Democrats. It's undermined what America is about, and it's why in the last 50 to 70 years, we haven't done, we've done well, but we haven't done quite as well as we could have done otherwise, like we did the first 150 to 170 years of our history.
2: Well, there's no question about that, and Jim, you, I think you came right up to the edge of it, but you didn't step over. In the first hour of the show, I went through a article in the Colorado Sun by someone I imagine you know from all your time in Colorado, Mario Nikolai, former Republican attorney, writes for the Sun, and he did a piece on the Prop 108 close the primary lawsuit that John Eastman and I filed second time, this time with the Colorado State GOP as a party to the lawsuit. And he didn't debate the merits. He didn't debate the issue. Instead, he came out and said that democracy is at stake. He said that Eastman Williams and their ilk must be opposed at every turn. They cannot be allowed to win a single inch in this good old phrase, our democracy, our futures all depend on it. We pose an existential threat. He just unbelievable. Um, So these people no longer want to win in the battlefield of ideas. They no longer want their agenda to reign supreme. They also want to destroy us and paint us as so evil that we don't deserve to live.
4: Well, that, that, that is at the heart of it. Now, when they use the term democracy, they mean something vastly different than what your average American who, does, who, who might not spend their time while they're being productive in their own lives, thinking about the technical aspects of a political science term. Um, they, what they mean by democracy is literally what the founding fathers wanted nothing to do with. I mean, on the books, the Soviet Russia had democracy on the books. I mean, you, there's the famous uh, Antonin Scalia, um, statement in front of a Senate hearing one time saying that the bill of rights in the Soviet union was probably better than the American bill of rights on paper, but it's a paper pledge. The constitution is a structure needs to be upheld. Now, if they use the term democracy to mean a constitutional structure, then they're liars. And of course, that's not what they mean at all. They hope to give that. We have a structure in this country, and it isn't to be technical. It's a Republican form of government. It's a representative democracy. They don't want representation. They're fighting against representation. So when they make these epithets against you, and others who assert these legal principles and assert our absolute rights that are very clearly stated out, they, they are lying through their teeth. They're undermining our political system. They're undermining what average Americans understand by the term democracy. Now, what's happening and what has been taking place over the last six years, and, and Donald Trump was the lightning rod. I remember talking about this uh, when he when I was a, originally a supporter of Ted Cruz. And and he, but I was glad for him to get the nomination. But what I would tell people is, if, when he gets to Washington D.C., everyone knows it's bad. But he's going to kick over the trash cans. You're going to really figure out what's going on. That's exactly what happened. It's why we need to elect, in my opinion, Donald Trump again, because of the fact that he can continue to expose the lies and the corruption that is there. Imperfect a man as he is, whatever you want to say about that. There there has not been anyone in Republican politics and frankly in American politics for some time that is as fearless as he has been to press an agenda that that really is not on his back and for his personal pleasure. So we we need to continue this fight because even though there'll be many more battles after a four year trump term, which I predict by the way, at present, then that we still have more battles. We still need to continue this particular effort, and they know that they will lose what they designed to do if donald Trump gets elected
2: well we're at we're at that precipice now and and that's why they're they're acting so you know the gnashing of teeth, the vitriol that comes out even. People, You know, sort of moderate, formerly moderate people like this Mario Nikolai, because they're on this precipice and they're either going to seal the deal or they're going to lose a decade or more of their so-called progress in trying to impose their agenda. Uh, It's 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 that close. It's that important. And we're no longer just talking about, you know, more social spending, uh, more less restrictions on killing unborn life. We're literally talking about mutilating children and brainwashing them, and a southern border that is allowing cartels. Now we've we've got the most dangerous cartel in America, it, right here in Aurora, uh, and and they're they're playing the cops. Like if the cops, uh, uh, I saw a text to studio this morning, or from this morning, from an Aurora cop who said we pull over this cart these cartel people, and they have a chase car that's coming up and. Getting, trying to pull us away from the one we pulled over to, and get us into a chase. I mean, that's how sophisticated and, and dangerous it's becoming right here in our own backyard.
4: Well, and here's how sophisticated it's becoming in Washington D. Ski. Not only is Merrick Garland, so far because he has a complicit media, getting by with an illegitimate uh, uh, appointment of a special counsel, which is not a special counsel, by the way, why are you going into a special counsel process with exactly the same person that was failing beforehand? What's the difference going to be? It's only the imprimatur being called a special counsel. There's nothing functionally that's going to change in that approach. But it even gets as sophisticated as we just found out through Tucker Carlson's recent interview with Steven Sund, the former uh, chief of the Capitol Hill police, who made it very clear. That he was not given the intelligence that was available related to potential threats to the Capitol on January 6, 2021. And uh, General Milley was denying the giving of National Guard troops when things did get out of hand. And Nancy Pelosi took herself out of that entire uh, process. And, and what we know is that the undermining of, of of that process really began at high levels bypassing the then-sitting President of the United States. Now, don't call January 6th an insurrection. That's what I call an insurrection. This is what these people are doing. Their insurrection is an attempt to overthrow the will of the American people. That's not democratic in the way that they want people to understand that term but it is also uh, undermining our liberties and our freedoms because it gives them the ability if we let them continue to get by with it to take away our liberties at their whim when they consider in their mind that you're evil well there's a lot of evil in the world 6000 years of America, of uh, of a recorded human history proves the moral depravity of man and they're just as depraved as anyone else That's why we have this constitutional system that we set up, which, if we were to follow it again, is the best way to secure those liberties.
2: 100%. And I don't remember if it was earlier this week filling in for Stephan Tubbs or last Saturday on my show, but I got into a little bit of a riff on the fact that we've gotten so far away uh, from the constitution that when a new law is proposed or a new law is implemented or a new ballot initiative is uh, brought forward by citizens or the legislature, um, We don't ask the first most important question. We're already right to the bottom end debating the policy. What are going to be the ramifications? What's good? What's bad? We don't stop and say, first, is this the proper role of government? And second, if it is a proper role of government, is this mechanism a constitutional way to move forward? That's not even in the debate anymore.
4: No, it's not. And in fact... I've been telling people lately, and you know all the years that I spent on Capitol Hill, and all the people that I know in Washington, D.C., people don't realize probably not even 10%, maybe at best 20% of our elected members of Congress in both houses ever read the Constitution, maybe even ever read the Constitution. Like someone will read it to them, and then they'll make a debate about it or whatever. But that includes... Senator Michael Bennett, and I I know we're not going to get on this in detail, but he just uh, uh, put forward a bill, 1676 I think is the number of it in the Senate, to institutionalize the censorship industrial complex that has been built in the last six to eight years. The really going back as far as the Patriot Act and George W. Bush. But Bennett wants to now make what we know from the Twitter files, and from the Missouri v. Biden case uh, that the federal government has been doing to shut down our number one liberty because it is the in the First Amendment, the freedom of expression, the freedom of speech, the freedom of opposing the government. And the preamble of the Constitution starts with, we the people, in order to form a more perfect government. The government wasn't created for us. We created the government. We are the sovereigns in this country. And, and the attacks on Christians, the attacks on people who have a libertarian mindset, pro-gun people of any religious faith or not, those attacks are there because the government sees you as a threat, but they should be seeing us as a threat. Every two years at the ballot box and anywhere in between, where we have that connection with uh, our elected officials because they are there to serve our interests, not us, theirs. That has been turned on its head in the last 50 to 60 years in this country, and it's gonna be a massive push to change it, but we've gotta get it back the other way around where they look to us and say, oh, they're a taxpayer, so I should listen to what they have to say. (laughs) When, When you and I were kids, that's the way people tended to think. They don't think that way anymore. We got to change that.
2: Talking with Jim Pfaff. You can follow him on Twitter slash X at Jim Pfaff, which is J I M P F A F F. And Jim, what was your role? I know you're, you've left Colorado again, but you were recently in the state house. And what was your official title?
4: So I was when I was working in Congress for Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky. Uh, Patrick Neville asked me to come back to Colorado. Uh, two years after he became the house GOP leader to run the house GOP staff which I did for three years Uh, and then when Hugh McKean god rest his soul uh, took that role I very publicly refused to continue because you had republicans undermining republicans in Colorado once again Uh, and uh, I I decided to leave then I was the sitting uh, city councilman in Woodland Park Colorado uh, but then sometime thereafter, it was ne- particularly because of COVID and some various issues. Uh, we have family in, in my wife and I and Myra in Indiana. So we came back to Indiana, but I've been, I go back and forth to Colorado still quite often.
2: Well, of course, um, you and I have some history going back to the show that you turned over to Ken Clark and Jason Worley that I became a part of that led to a morning show that you used to fill in for me over there. And, uh, and allowed me to wind up here still spending time with folks on 710 CANUS. U.S. So I love that history, man. I love your passion. We're way late on the break, so let's keep this one kind of short. Um, Donald Trump, I'm an RNC committee man for Colorado, so I will be at the debates in a couple of weeks in Milwaukee. Obviously, we'd all love to see Trump there because that's the only way it's going to be a show. Here's what Trump had to say about it.
0: The level is, uh, we're so far above everybody else in the polls, they're all saying, is he going to go into the debate? And I say, I don't know, if you're leading by 50 and 60 and 70 points, do you do that or not? I don't know. Should I? Okay, you ready? Poll. We take a free poll. Should I do the debate? Well, maybe we'll do something else. You know, see, some people say yes, but they hate to say it because it doesn't make sense to do it if you're leading by so much, but they like it for entertainment value because they're selfish.
2: They're selfish. They're selfish. You could hear the most of the folks said yes. I've seen some polls, no huge samples, but it's always like 70 percent yes, 30 percent no. I don't see any reason for Trump to show up there. Uh, It might be fun if he went and sat in the audience and watched. But what's your thought? I mean, you're far more into the political machinations and decision-making than I've ever been.
4: Well, in my opinion, he doesn't need to go to these. It, it, quite frankly, like, listen, people are saying, okay, well, there are a lot of months left, you know, and we just – no. Listen, There's he is so far ahead of <laughs> your typical Republican nominee in in a process where you have many people attempting it than we've seen in recent history. Even in 2016, which was a big field, he had to rise up from a a lower tier to become dominant. Uh, Ted Cruz, who was his second place person in 2016, was still within arm's reach of him by the time, interestingly, in Indiana, that uh that uh, Trump sealed the deal when he won the Indiana primary in 2016. So th- these guys are nowhere close. I was just watching a video today Ron DeSantis on two different occasions at the Iowa State Fair which is going on right now had Trump people large numbers of them saying Trump 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 it's just not happening. Nobody's catching the car. They're interesting candidates, but Donald Trump's got this locked up. There's no reason to do the debate. Yeah,
2: poor Ron DeSantis, man. He can't even cook a burger in peace at the, at the yeah. Iowa State Fair. Well, listen, my friend, I'm so glad we had a chance to reconnect. Haven't had you on the air for sure in an awfully long time. Appreciate everything you do, the passion you bring to it. Let's stay in touch. God bless, and we'll talk again soon.
4: I'm glad to do it. Locategym.com, dot com. By the way, if people want to get to my uh, links and figure out what I'm doing right now, Locategym.com. dot com.
2: That's pretty creative, dude.
4: Thank That's you. Fine You'll job. Be- yeah, I like <laughs> what I got done.
2: We'll pull it up. Thank you so much. All Thanks. right. Um, he mentioned the Tucker Carlson Steven Sund interview, the former, the fired, the. Uh, <laughs> Very another very important witness and all the people who think January sixth was an insurrection, there was no Fed involvement, blah, blah, blah. We're gonna talk about that. I've got a little bit of audio from that interview for you. When we return here on seven ten KNUS. Back at six thirty-three, thanks to my old friend Jim Pfaff. Really a iconic Coloradan, but he's done so much working for Thomas Massey and all of that. You get the passion. Uh, I love to share passion anytime I can find it. And during that conversation, well, before I jump into that, don't forget, 7 o'clock, Congressman, former Congressman Tom Tancredo, scheduled to be in studio after our dinner a couple nights ago when he expressed some real disappointment in Hillsdale College because his grandson, who not only found his wife, played baseball, but uh, picked up one heck of an education there, did not know about a certain historic figure. So Tom and I are going to work on Larry Arn and make sure that's part of the curriculum. We're going to share that information with you when Tom comes in in the 7 o'clock hour. Plus, anything else is on your mind. We'll take uh, lots of calls. We've got callers on the line right now. But I did mention before we went to break that um, I had a little audio for you from the Tucker Carlson interview of former Capitol Hill Police Chief Stephen Sund. And I haven't had a chance to listen to it, the interview itself yet. It's an, it's an hour long. I hope to listen to it this week to get all the details so we can talk about them more next week. But I think you will be edified by hearing what the introduction, the opening to that particular um, interview. I'm just trying to find it here. I these numbers. Is this the right? Do I have the right board here now? Oh, here we go. Thank you.
1: You've described this as an intelligence failure, but a failure is something that happens accidentally.
0: None of the intelligence that was coming up talking about the storming of the Capitol, killing members of Congress, or killing my police
4: officers, was ever discussed at the conference calls that I was on at least.
1: That doesn't seem to make sense at all.
4: It doesn't make sense. I'm looking at my men and women having their asses handed to them, and and my first thought was... I will take whatever
1: discipline there is. Once things got out of control, for 71 minutes, Pelosi refused to allow you to bring in the National Guard. Why don't we have answers? It doesn't seem like people really
4: want to get to the
0: bottom of it. And it gets worse from there. I had a conference call with the
4: leaders of all the law enforcement. It was a call I coordinated. Not one person on that call talked about any concerns for the the intelligence, the attack on the Capitol, that we were seeing that was out there. That's That's what's scary. This sounds like a setup. To me. I'm sorry. It does. New Jersey State Police
1: beat D.C. National Guard to the Capitol. Wait. Cops drove from New Jersey before the National Guard could get from the armory on Capitol Hill to the Capitol? Why isn't this story everywhere? I have no idea. If you wanted to understand what happened on January 6, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol, one of the first people you'd talk to, maybe the first, would be Stephen Sund. Sund was the chief of Capitol Police that day. He knew more about what happened than virtually anyone else in the United States. And yet congressional investigators weren't interested in talking to him. The media not interested in talking to him. But we were. So earlier this year, we did a long sit-down interview with Stephen Sund about January 6th. That interview was set to air on April 24th of this year, and it never did. We don't own that tape, so we can't show it to you. So instead, we invited Steven Sund back to explain what he saw and experienced that day. What he has to say is shocking. We recommend you watch.
2: Yeah, if you've got a access to X slash Twitter, or there's probably other venues that will give you access to that if you don't have a Twitter account, it's about an hour. I plan to watch it this week. I encourage you to do the same thing. Isn't it curious that they just happened to fire Tucker, also before after he did this lengthy interview with Stephen Sund for Fox his um his internet program on Fox that uh, he got canned and so and they never released that interview they didn't want that out there but Tucker got him back for a full hour but everybody that tells you that January 6th was an insurrection by rabid Trump Followers, cultists intent on destroying democracy and burning the Capitol to the ground and hanging Mike Pence. Yeah, they're right. Unbelievable. It's just unbelievable as time goes on and more and more actual facts come out. And yet people will not back away from the hard lines that they took early on about the vax, about January 6th about so many important different things. I know we got callers, but let me just share this since I'm on this rant. We talked about the money that was being made by doctors, by medical practices, by hospitals as a result of COVID-19. And we were called conspiracy theories, nuts, the Communist Party, Wuhan, the CCP. Let's see. I can't remember the way I used to spit that out. The Wuhan, well, anyway, the CCP lab in Wuhan, that was a conspiracy, that people are making money off of this disease. That is a conspiracy. And now, sure looks real to me. I mean, I'm looking at it on the internet, so I guess it could be phony, but I'm looking at what appears to be an Anthem Medicaid provider bulletin dated March 2022, Regarding the COVID-19 vaccine provider incentive program for ages five and up. As you continue to help guide patients toward COVID-19 vaccination, your practice will receive $50 per Anthem member, five years of age and older, vaccinated by December 31st, 2022. Unbelievable. Fricking believable and we see more and more sudden deaths more and more reporting on myocarditis and all of the junk that's in people's vessels and what's coming out of autopsies and everything else but anthem 50 bucks a pop unbelievable that's about all i can say all right let's get to some phone calls mike and aurora has been patiently waiting mike thank you for that welcome to the show
3: Oh yeah! First, I want to say welcome back, Randy. Um, and I don't—I'm sure I'm not alone, but
2: as uh, one of your most
3: devout followers ever since day one over on KLZ, uh, uh follow you uh, faithfully, religiously, and I'm so glad you're back.
2: Well, I really appreciate that, Mike. Have Have we ever met?
3: No, we haven't. Um, hopefully, we will someday. Sure. Um, yeah, I'll try and stick to script, but, I mean, you just bring up so many wonderful topics. You you are the, well, my favorite, I really miss Chuck and Julie, and um, I'll leave it at that, but I now you're my favorite, uh, you're the best radio talk show host on KNUS, and I'll um, uh, no, uh, And I'll leave it at that. Uh, I'll try and stick to script uh, for topics. Um, Yeah, I think first, wasn't it? um, I'll start with kind of questions. Well, Mike, we do have other Uh, callers
2: on the line. So pick a priority Um, and let's jump on it.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, Trump attend the first debate or not. Yeah, I would say no. Wasn't that Reagan's strategy also?
2: I believe that's right. Yeah.
3: Okay, you didn't mention that. But yes, he that's exactly what he did. And um I don't know if he missed more than one or not. But um no, that was Reagan's. and I say emulate whenever possible as much as possible. Emulate Reagan.
2: <laughs> that's a that's a good philosophy. And Mike, you know, I yeah. ran out of, I ran out of time with Jim Pfaff talking about this, but the RNC has put out this this uh, requirement that you sign a pledge to support whoever the eventual nominee is going to be. Chris Christie, Chris yeah, Chris Christie has said, "I'm going to sign it, but I'm not going to honor it. Trump didn't honor it in 2016. Oh, cool. Trump has said, I won't sign it because I'm not going to there are plenty of people on that stage that I would not support." So the RNC is really really in a pickle here. And Trump did say he's going to give his he's made his decision, he's going to announce it next week. As someone who's going to be at the debate, I would just love to see him there. But strategically, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
3: Where where is the debate going to be held?
2: To Milwaukee in their basketball stadium, basketball arena. I mean.
3: Oh wow! Uh, do you know the seating capacity? I do not. And you'll be there. I will. Okay, uh, and um, um, well, uh, I don't know what day of the week it is. It'd be great if you could do a live. Wouldn't it be great if you could do a live show from there?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not on Saturday, so that that won't work.
3: Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'll leave it at that and cut it short. And uh, again, thank you for everything you do.
2: Well, thanks for thanks for waiting and thanks for weighing in. It's not very nice oh, to hear no from problem. Have you called before? Because I don't recognize your voice. Oh, I, I've called. Yeah, I've called. A lot Over the there. years. Okay, yeah. very good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Let's get to Shane and Castle Rock. Welcome to the show.
3: Hello,
5: Randy. How are you?
2: I am hanging in, man.
5: Most well, actually, Jay, but that's okay. Uh, ah. I had a question for you about uh, the Mister Garland's little spiel. He kind of reminds me of uh, my nature of my work. We watched the video from the FBI when they contacted Jeffrey Dahmer's.
2: You know what? You know what, Jay? I'm everything. I'm going to pause you here because I don't want to cut you short, and I've been running late on the breaks all along. Can we put you back right. on hold so you sure, can sure. actually I finish your it. call? All right, we'll do that. Let's get him back on hold. And um, we'll take our pause right now. Don't forget Tom Tancredo expected to show up here around 7 o'clock. With Tom, that could be, you know, seven ten, seven twenty-five. 725. But um, it's going to be – I think you'll find it very interesting, The the very important historical figure that is missing from the Hillsdale curriculum that his grandson just completed. We'll dig into that and a host of other things when we return, but um, our that's in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll get back to Jay's call when we return here on 710K in U.S. I'm playing all this sentimental music. My brother in high school, and, of course, I dropped out of high school when I was 15, so I was probably 14, maybe 15 when he was singing that yeah must have been younger because he would have been graduated by then but he came out on stage and did nights in white satin in the school auditorium in their variety show prospect high school in mount prospect illinois and literally and i was so sick of hearing my brother sing around the house and you know you're a kid and it's your brother and, and it was so impressive you could hear a pin drop When he got done, you could hear, I mean, there was just stunned silence in the room. So I've been sentimental for the last couple of months, as you can imagine. And and that one came to mind for tonight. And that was just really a tribute to my big brother, Chris. It was so unbelievable. Dude had some talent. Anyway, we've been talking some serious stuff. And uh, before we go back to Jay real quick, uh, Joy had texted in in response to the conversation about whether Trump should debate or not. And she says it doesn't matter that Trump is so far ahead. Any candidate running for any office needs to make his her argument to the voters anytime, place, especially on free air when he can annihilate his opponents in front of millions, some of whom think a younger man would be a better candidate, a candidate unburdened by these insane indictments. Yeah, if it was next year, I might agree with that. But so few. It's only the junkies who are paying attention right now, and Trump is so so far ahead. Anyway, let's get back and continue our conversation with Jay, since we had to pause him for the break. Jay, are you still there? Well,
5: th- yeah. Thanks, Randy. What sure. I was going to say going back to Maricello, and I watched his little reading of the teleprompter and his bee little eyes reading that stupid statement, and it reminded me of Jeffrey Dahmer, the murderer, uh, when his mother was interviewed by the FBI, and they said now. No problem. Cover for the son. My son would never do those sort of things to human beings. He's fine. And Merrick Garland's little spiel was basically covering for his boss and someone that is, uh, you know, ripping us off blind right now. And as far as I'm concerned, the Biden family just a bunch of traitors. Uh, and that's a that's a nice word.
2: Well, when I when I selected that little piece of audio of Merrick Garland, never to be U.S. Supreme Court, Supreme Justice, uh, Supreme Court Justice, Merrick Garland's. Audio. I was watching a video of it, and he's his. There's no emotion. He just reads yeah. this dull monotone as he looks at the teleprompter and then turns and walks yeah. away. It is bizarre the what we're living through in Democrat-run politics right now.
5: Yeah, it really is, and and I'm real proud that one of my you know great attorneys, Neil Gorsuch, Gorsuch, and Kershaw, he he was our my attorney, and he's Supreme Court justice. A phenomenal individual, great firm. Long time ago, is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He defended us on all kinds of cases, <laughs> but the thing is, is is what I'm, what I called about was January sixth. So where's the bomber? Where's the pipe bomber? I want to know all about these feds that are out there and all that video. And then watch Nancy high step it in her high heels with her daughter, videotaping her making a home video so that she could look good. She was not afraid. They knew exactly what was going on there. It's a well-planned event, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I've been speculating about that as Ray Epps, the cover-up of Ray Epps, the only person who we actually have clear video and audio encouraging people to go into the Capitol, shouting at folks as they're kicking over the first barricade, number one most wanted on the FBI list. For a night right. or two, and then all of a sudden, why, he's a hero. Well, the, he spoke yeah. to the January 6th committee. He's he's a he's a good guy, and and we're just supposed to not talk about it. But this uh, Steve Sund interview, Stephen Sund interview yeah. by Tucker Carlson, have you seen it yet?
5: I've seen part of it. I'm going to watch the whole thing in whole. And he, you know, remember, every, I know you know, but people have to remember that he was fired or resigned the day after. Is that right? As I recall, it was yeah. something along those lines. Uh, so you, you you fire the messenger and all the folks that said yeah we need to uh, protect this facility from whoever whoever it is. I mean we're we're going to have a big vote counted and all those things were going on. And he asked for help and of course the Washington D.C. mayor and Nancy said no we're good. Let's put up some bicycle barricades. We'll be fine.
2: And, of course, they can't allow Trump to have any credit for offering the National Guard, uh, you know, tens of thousands of troops and all of that. Um, It's just the PSYOP continues. But I think, I believe, more and more people are starting to see through it. Even CBS is actually covering the Biden crime family now as the Biden crime. I mean, they're not using that term. That's that's verboten on the Maine's corrupt, coordinated Democrat controlled media machine. But. As part of the effort, the the transition, they're getting ready to move Biden out. I have absolutely no doubt about that. And they want they want him to survive long enough to finish the job because they can't possibly have Kamala Harris in there. Uh, and then Michelle, I think Michelle Obama will be the one riding to the rescue here just before their I, uh, Democrat convention.
5: Concerning Trump and a statement about the the indictments, my my new phrase is the indictments will continue until the flogging
2: begins. That's (laughs) That's, my phrase. That's great, Jay. (laughs) You know, I I was reading through the protection order, and I had I really thought this judge was going to be more political and and really slam the clamps on Trump, but she really didn't, and I I'm I'm grateful for that. Maybe she's going to try and approach this as a judge instead of the hang high J-6 judge.
5: Well, Pontius pilot that's trying to convict him is going to – I think he's going to get his come up. He's a weird guy. I hear him personally, but people say he's a really strange guy, this so investigator.
2: John, about Jack Smith?
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, he's very odd to watch, and his track record is abysmal. I mean, has any other prosecutor in the history of the United States been overturned by the Supreme Court 8-0? and the only reason it wasn't 9 to 0 is cuz there one of the judges wasn't voting that day. I mean that that's pretty bad. And he's he cost people serious careers, serious money, serious damage only to be turned over and when you go back and recreate the the process it was all political. And that's no different this time obviously. No. no that's right.
5: We're going to go to Bandemer tomorrow and have some fun and suck down some of those big monster dogs from Monster Grill, my buddy Shawnee's going to make. So maybe you come out, join us.
2: Well, tomorrow maybe we're celebrating my, let's see, one, two, second. No, yeah, second grandson's birthday. Yeah. Uh, but I I was talking with John Bandemare a couple of times this week, and he's told me about a couple events that he's insisting that I come. So um, I'm definitely going to get out there for this final year at some point.
5: Absolutely. should be fun, and Shelby Museum thing's coming up real soon, so put that down. We'll have you guys up again. September 2nd, coming up.
2: Keep me posted. Thank you, Jay.
5: Thank you. Good day.
2: God bless. All right, so for the first time ever, Tom Tancredo makes me a liar. I said he'd be here, you know, maybe 710, 720. (laughs) He's listening as he's getting out of his car at 645, so... Tom, you have a. Oh, you might as well pull a microphone over Hang there. Which? It. Oh, you got one. Yeah. Okay, good. I can't. You know, there's so many screens. Have you been in here since they put in twenty screens? screens? No, I haven't. Uh-uh. And they're all watching me. <laughs> I, I can tell. Well, good. Keep them. I can keep them fixed that way. Okay. <laughs> I, I can see them moving. So you were here early.
6: Yeah, I was. And as I you know, I'm opening the car door, you're right, in the parking lot, and as I'm opening it up I hear Tom Tanker, oh, of course, he yeah, and who who knows when he's gonna come. Maybe he won't <laughs> show it all. I don't know. He never is here on time. There I was, six forty five.
2: Well, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we've only got a minute till the bump out music starts. So, well, let so me, let's
6: it, let me say this. That I've listened for the last couple of hours. <laughs> Everything's been riveting. It's been intellectually stimulating. It's been emotionally uplifting. So now for something totally different, here <laughs> yeah. I come.
2: That's right. <laughs> and if you've listened, then you know how I've teased this. We were out for dinner earlier this week and yeah. and got to hear the great accomplishments of your grandson and his Hillsdale graduation, picked right. himself up a bride there, yep. fiance there. It's just really great story. And There was something significantly missing from his education there that just shocked you. Yeah. A historical figure that, especially in light of the way Republicans and white people are being characterized, just so important for people to know. So you and I are going to go on a mission to get Lasso Larry Arn into a conversation and find out what the heck's happening. Absolutely. And we're going to uh, share the identity and the history behind that person when we Come back in the seven o'clock hour. That
6: ought to tease it good.
2: Okay, <laughs> we've got uh, we've got a little bit of time with this music. Just a quick answer, maybe we'll extrapolate it on the other side. You've been in a, you were a pre- presidential candidate. I was. You've and, been. And on, I
6: went to the debates. <laughs> you've been on a presidential
2: debate stage. You bet. <laughs> Should Donald Trump go to this first? No, debate?
6: absolutely not. I went to every debate, not just for the presidential. I went to every debate that I was in for. I mean, that I ran for from in Congress, governor. Because I was never far enough ahead to risk it. But if I had been, you know, I'd have said, 50 are you kidding ahead. me? Are you, no. I'll see you at the, at the election night. Very good.
2: All right. Well, we're going to have a fun hour with Tom Tancredo. Of course, phone lines will be wide open. You can call, talk to Tom, talk to me, anything at all on your mind. 303-696-1971. I'm Randy Corcoran. Final hour of the show with Tom Tancredo when we return